And again, thanks for watching, everybody. Please welcome Steve White. There he is. Hey, hello. <laughs> How are we all? Oh, man. It's good to see you, buddy. And so, you, really is. been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, I know. I think, I think the last time in person was easily a few years ago at a like a London drum show. I think that picture of us was maybe about five years ago, but I think I might yeah. have seen you since then. Yeah, it's just um yeah, I think that was twenty sixteen at the, the, the drum show. Okay, and um yeah. we were shouting at each other, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like as you do yeah, as at drum shows. Uh, but we're missing that now, aren't we? We can't wait to be back in there drinking that warm beer and eating the, the hot dogs. <laughs> I know all the things we complained about. Now we're going like, oh, yeah, give to to have a warm beer in a, in a you know, in a in a loud pub. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh man, me too. I can't wait to come back over and, uh, I you know I I just have to tell you, Steve, I I miss like. I don't miss traveling that much, to be honest. And, you know, we've talked about this before where we've done enough traveling in our lives, but I really miss coming to London. I mean, I just miss being there, you know? Yeah, we're, we're, we're already planning journeys. We're talking about like where we're going to go when we can start traveling again. And, and uh, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't wait to, to get some uh, different culture back, up, back under the belt again. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I get it. I just want to tell everybody before when Steve and I did our little sound check a few minutes ago or a little while back to test the, the sound, I, I immediately noticed I haven't I don't know that I've ever in the all the years I've known you seen your hair this long. No, I know. The, the, and it looks great, man. I think it looks awesome. It's going down well, you know, the silver fox look. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny. Johnny Craig, Johnny says, get Craig said, get your hair cut. Yeah, nice one, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jeremy's, hey, hi, Jeremy. And, and Ian's on, I can see, which is lovely. And it's, it's great. It's like, so such a privilege to do this. Oh, well, thank you for doing it. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I have, I wrote down a couple of things I just wanted to make sure that, that I touched on because I, I hate when, you know, finishing these things and going, oh, I wish I'd thought to mention this or mention that. So, but and I, and I'm going to go sort of out of sequential order in terms of dates and times. But um, I was in touch with Tina, our dear friend Tina Clark, the other day, and we were we were reminiscing about that fabulous. What I remember it being a dinner. She thought it was a lunch, but that time with Mitch. Yeah, we we had dinner at South Bank, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, it yeah. was it was a lunch. It was a lunch, definitely. It was yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was a really really and and it was the. I think at the same time we had this prearranged call with Ginger Baker because it yeah. was leading up to the, the Ginger tribute. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just such a, a, you know, it was, I only saw Mitch maybe a couple more times after that because it was the year that he passed. Sadly, it was 2008. It was, yeah. yeah. And I, I'd spoken to him a few times. It, it was a, a relationship that really sparked up um, and he right. would call and he would drop me an email and, and we were in the process of uh, um, he, he contacted me about a, a, a Gretsch kit that he'd had. And the story that he spoke to me about it was that it, it had some fire damage, I believe. But it was a, an 18, 12, 14, um, I think 60s Gretsch kit that he was saying, I really want to get some heads for it. And I, I phoned my good friends at Remo up and said, look, you know, would it be possible to get some some heads for, for Mitch Mitchell? And they're like, yeah, great. Uh, you know, they, they sent the heads over. And I called mitch up and said mitch i've got i've got your drum heads and he went how much were they and i went yeah <laughs> they're free man and he was like really i went yeah yeah they're free he's like 
why? And I went, because you're Mitch Mitchell. <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it was, he was so lovely. And we, we got those like last few calls in and, 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 and then, you know, he went off to America and, and, and passed away. But that drum yeah. set, he told, he was telling me about it and he was saying, oh, so that sounds beautiful. 18, 12, 14. So probably, you know, was it round badge? And he wasn't quite sure it was round badge or early sort of the hex badge. And, and he said, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Um, you know, I, I got it off of Tony and I went, Tony, he went, yeah, Tony gave me it in New York. And I'm like, oh. Tony Williams. And he's like, and, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I hope, uh, that drum, that drum set found a, a home somewhere or, or his, oh, yeah. uh, his family have still got it. Uh, um, but a drum set owned by Tony, Tony Williams and Mitch Mitchell. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, and I, I, I remember he we, that night at dinner. First of all, so everybody knows, you guys hit it off instantly. I remember yeah. he just, just the two of you guys, you know. And he was he was just such a sweet, sweet man. And it was and, lovely. Uh, yeah, and and then I was going to say, and then you, we we got on the phone with Ginger, um, and you guys started chatting, and you it turns out you went to the same school together. We did, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I spoke to Ginger um, three days before he passed away, and uh, I I'd, I'd phoned Abbas, who's our our friend Abbas, who um, was Ginger's kind of right hand man, and and he said, uh, you know, so how's how's he doing? He's, he's not so good. He's not so good. Um, I said, so where are you? And he said, I'm in the hospital. And 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 I, he said he wants to talk to you. And and I, I I got got on the phone and his voice was like really quiet and he went uh, uh, hello Steve and I went hey, how are you doing Ginger? He's like not so good you know and and that was the kind of last time I I spoke to him and I was uh, privileged enough to to be at his uh, his funeral and and you know we we got on really really well and I know Ginger is a very Marmite character but Ginger w- w- spent his childhood where I'm sitting probably three minutes from where I'm sitting. So uh, in, in Southwood road in Eltham. And uh, you know, so there was a, there was a, an angle of our conversation that kind of transcended music. He would always sort of, I'd start talking to him about football, Chelsea as a Chelsea fan. And I'm like, how can you be a Chelsea fan when the, we've got, we've got Charlton around the corner. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not really in, oh, my dad sort of was in, took me to see Sam Bartram play. And this is kind of post-war, uh, pre, I think, you know, dur- maybe during the war, because he lost his dad during the war. But um, he, he was very fond of, of of talking about the history around the area. And that was our kind of disarming thing, you know. And yeah. then he would start to talk about music. And, and, and you, you know, I, I remember... He started talking about Chelsea um, when I went to see him for the documentary we did and finished up um, telling me about the experiences of watching all of the great double bass drummers that he he liked to, to you know the um sam woodyards and and you know and louis and 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 yeah. how he got kind of got into it and what would happen with with ginge is is that you know he would start off with that kind of prickly exterior and then he would kind of melt and he would mm-hmm. be great and and yeah. you know i i never ever had any issues with him and and it's it was you know poignant because obviously um for me the, the the idea of being able to do a drumming documentary was largely um the spark came from establishing that relationship with mitch and then him being gone very very suddenly mm. and then i started to work with john lord um i was working with john lord and john is another legend you know just legendary and and john could so you know you'd you'd sit with a glass of red wine and and john would like literally start to just just chat you know about 
seeing Hendrix playing and you know and 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 obviously John came along and did the the tribute to Ginger you know right. which came and played with my trio Valore and played Hammond organ you know and it, it I, I remember thinking that all of these stories need to be documented and we need to know and hear about them. And, you know, and, and I was always saying to John, you've got to do a book. You've got to do a book. You've got to tell these stories. And, you know, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, he was very much living in the moment. And then John passed away, you know, so yeah. we've got to, we've got to treasure these people. We really have and their legacy and history and what they've got to offer and say, we've got to treasure it. Absolutely. No, you're so right, Steve. It's, it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful like you that, that to have had that time with, you know, with Mitch and, and, and Ginger and I, and, and I too, I had a good relationship with him. I really did. And, and I, I always felt, especially as an American, you know, I don't know why, but I felt like, you know, I was equal, like even more sort of, um, thankful or fortunate that he, I would say accepted me, but you know, he, we, we got on really well from when I started at Zildjian in 1989 and he was still living in the States and I'd see him at NAMM shows. And, and, uh, and I think, I think just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I never really sort of like you, I didn't, I didn't sort of glom onto him about, Oh, you know, what was it like to, no. yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was <laughs> sort of, a, yeah. He would he would offer and he would start to talk and and if he like that afternoon when we spent at, at the South Bank and he was telling me stuff about when he was growing up and 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 I think also with all of the, the you know uh, you know my, my passion and fascination there's a very different story that the British drummers tell to the American drummers you know our our kind of um, establishing you know the our route into the music business is very different and and I'm fascinated by that and. It's such an interesting thing that I've managed to get to talk to so many great drummers and, you know, even extending that to people like Brian Bennett in, over here in the UK and, and Clem Cattini and, and, you know, these, these drummers that have this British thing about them. And, you know, you're talking about Andy White and Bobby Orr and, and um, Harold Fisher, you know, and, and, and Harold is a brilliant drummer. And I saw Harold a couple of weeks ago on a socially distanced uh, um, visit because he came round to, um, to, he, he he's he's just bought himself a, a Van Cleef snare drum, and I, I love the Van Cleef snare drums. Alan's a, a genius, but um, and I, I lent him my my little selection of Van Cleefs, and um, and I mean Harold's seventy eight, but he's so enthusiastic, and and yeah. he came round literally, and and was chatting to my wife, and clearly being very very charming, regaling her of stories of working with Shirley Bassey, and 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 you know it's I just love talking to these people, and and it's great always great to catch up with clem and um you know i feel very lucky and to have, have got to uh, have met some of these people and obviously extending that over you know getting to meet um how how blaine and getting to meet earl palmer when we had this unbelievably surreal day out in desert springs at earl's house with louise king and and clem burke and we just sat there listening yeah. in in the in the deli in the desert i don't know if you've ever been there but just sat there listening to hal and earl talk just unbelievable yeah so frankie said this and 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 is that when you were working with elvis and it's like yeah and you're just going really you know yeah i know i know it's just uh, wonderful i love it i love it i'm uh, such a music fan that's it i know you know and 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 that i think it's always um 
a little intimidating for us when we meet our elders, so to speak, you know, these guys, but it's, it's, I think right away they can recognize someone like yourself. And I think like myself that we have the, the respect, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, the, the respect is first and foremost, and we have the, the um, education in terms of their legacy. And, you know, we're, we, you know, we're not just, we didn't just fall off a, you know, a turnip truck. Like, you know, no. we, we kind of know the history and yeah. um, I've never made it out to Hal's place. You know, I had many an invitation, but I, but I did spend a couple of occasions with Hal and Earl together. And uh, yeah, it was, it was it's, magical. It's I just brilliant. I yeah. It's just magical. And I, I just really had to, um, you know, I, I, I had to ask Hal to sign a, a um, uh, to, to sign a menu and, and which I have framed in, in the house. And, and I asked Earl, you know, could you sign it too? And he said, said, no, you're my friend. I'm not signing my friends, you know, an autograph from my friend, you know, it was so, it was so lovely. <laughs> wow. And, you know, it, it going into his garage and, and, and seeing all the drums in there. And, and I think it was Yamaha towards the end. And it yeah. just, uh, I've been, I've been so lucky and I, you know, getting to, you know, I know that you, 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 you've met both Charlie and Ringo. I've, I've met Ringo briefly and, um, I got to do a, a a drum trio with Charlie in back in '99 on the Jules Holland show, and and that was just just to meet Charlie is such a lovely guy, and we hang out, we we've hung at Ronnie's with him, and, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's just it, it just just absolutely, it, it's so it's, I'm so blessed to be still you know at 55 having sort of turned professional at 14, um, you know joining a, a great band at 17 and and still able to do it you know but i mean I the one gonna, thing i yeah. so the one thing i always want to say whenever i get a chance to do to do anything like this and especially you know reaching out to all the younger players is is the most valuable gift that you have is time and and just use it wisely because it's gone like that no yeah well said steve and I, I i'm glad you said that too because i wanted to touch on that too and and so you started when you were 14 playing professionally. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, so, so I, I joined the musicians union and back in the day you had to go and actually play. Um, so you had to demonstrate a paradiddle and a double stroke role. And, 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 and I went down to Charlton athletic football club, my football team, and that's where the musicians union met in the clubhouse. And um, I did my audition, you know, and I was allowed to join the musicians union. And literally a, a guy came over and said, are you doing anything next Saturday night? I've got a gig for you. And it was like, that was it. I, I was, I was gigging. Wow. And, <laughs> and, and I, I would like have to go, to all of the the local clubs i would play at the conservative club the labor club the irish club you know we would just go and we would do pop songs standards and there was never any rehearsal there was never any um you know preparation it was just like he would call a tempo this guy roy and he would call a tempo and it would say like straight eights uh one two three four dun, 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 dun. and if it went well we just kept playing and he would just ke keep doing other songs and matching the tempo is almost like turning the tempo up yeah and then yeah. if it kind of died down then he would say right let's uh let's do a waltz and and you know they would and, and it, the, these gigs were like two two and a half hours long and 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 i would do them fridays and saturdays and sometimes sunday and and I got paid. And at a certain point, you know, at 15, I was making 250 quid a week, which was quite a lot of money at that time. Absolutely was. Yeah. And, and, and that really, when I when I got my opportunity to to with to, to play with the Style Council, 
and muscled in on a on a rehearsal that Paul and Mick were having and, and essentially said, look, I think I'm better than the drummer that you actually have. So can you hear me? And they were like, oh, right, you know, pushy kid, pushy kid. And I, and I said to Paul, like, what, what are you into? What are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to Blue Note. I was like, you know, like Art Blakey. Yeah, yeah. So I did a terrible Art Blakey impression. And then he said, <laughs> what else are you listening to? Oh, John Coltrane. I did a terrible Elvin Jones impression. And he just went, all right, well, I've got a drummer for Saturday, you know, which is the, the gig that they were doing. But tomorrow I'm doing a radio show uh, on the on Radio One, Kid Jensen's show. Do you want to play drums on it? And I'm like, yeah, OK. So I ended up playing drums on this radio show, which went out to 17 million people on national drive time radio at Radio One. And it, it, the principle of what I'd been doing for three years uh, in just learning just to shut up, play the pot song, know when the verse went, know that there's likely to be a middle eight, go to the ride symbol, watch for the ending, was exactly the blueprint for that first session with Paul, because that's what I did. I literally sat and watched him. And basically, he would nod and, and you know, and, and let me know, you know, and then for the endings. And that training was got what got me work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, and I was just going to say, and, and at that age too, that the, the training that you were getting doing those pub gigs or those, yeah. those, those, clubs yeah, clubs, I mean, yeah. that, yeah, that's, that's invaluable. I mean, in terms of like how that, yeah. And, and that's why, and that, that's what I, I, I kind of do really try to focus on with, and, and obviously we, we've all been put into this sort of situation the past year, but you know, the, 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 being sort of very um, micro analytical about drumming, about like, um, you know, about the, the, the sort of techniques and things and, and, and sort of the extremes of, of what drumming is all about, um, which is wonderful and it's fun, but the actual skill of being able to sit and make a pop song rock is as valid as anything in terms of technical achievement and you know at the end of the day music is a you know for me when when i don't play with other musicians uh, or, or get to play in musical experience in musical situations i feel that my drumming starts to wilt it starts to become less interesting to me because i need the energy of other musicians and and, and that's another thing I, I really try to sort of to to impart to younger players is is that mm. you know it's about playing with other people other you know having a voice and, and learning how to to be dynamic and making something groove and 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 less is more sometimes and and asking what the lyrics are about to a song and you know does it even need drums can i just play t shaker or you know and that's what uh, as kept me working really yeah yeah i i have no doubt i i i'm, I'm gonna jump backwards because this reminds me of and i think you'll remember this a PASIC that you play a, a percussive arts society yeah. convention yeah. 2006 in austin it was that's right remember yeah. this yeah i was and, talking about they, it last night yeah and and I, I remember we had a we had a great hang at the bar later sure, that day. Sure did with Stanton and yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think Keith Carlock Johnny, was on yeah, that one. Keith Carlock, Johnny Rabb was there. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was a good show, but you did your clinic that morning and they put you in a, in a terrible slot, uh, sadly, but, but that's beside the point. You did a fabulous clinic that morning. And I, and I, what you said, one of the things you said has stayed with me for 15 years. And you, you said, because you have, chops like you know as our friend colin schofield would say more chops than a butcher shop <laughs> when when you when, when you want to use them i mean you've got yeah, chops absolutely. for days yeah and and i remember you played you opened with a solo and you know it's what 
the kids want to hear that stuff when they come to PASIC. And then you said, if you want to, if you want to put food on the table for your family, this is what you have to do. And you went, and you played this eighth note groove for like 30 seconds or a minute. It was so beautiful and so smooth and so clean. And it's like, you know, you can do all this all you want, but if you actually want to make a living, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And, and some and some drummers do get the 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 combination absolutely right. You know, people. Uh, I mean, I, I I was you know Vinnie Colaiuta. I mean, what look at you know the and, and yeah. Keith Carlock. Look at those guys. They have, but it 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 it's it's never the extraordinary technique that these these gentlemen have. It never ever overwhelms the music, and yeah. and that's yeah. that's it. That's 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 the art. That's how you do it. And you know, and like I say, it, it's it really has. Um, been the focus on being a musical drummer it doesn't matter what what you, you where you're coming the polls of a drum magazine it, it's about working you know and 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 i, I will take that over any kind of uh, opportunity to do a drum solo is just to play a good song and I, I love it and i love all the chops thing because you know it, it's it's a it, it's a hobby as well as much as anything it's an interest i love playing and working on john s pratt solos and charlie wilcoxon and you know and i love all that kind of thing but i'm very aware that you know it, it's about laying it down and 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 yeah. playing for the song that 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 I really that you know and I can only speak from my experience as a drummer that has been professional for forty one years, um, you know, making yeah. money at this for forty one years as to what actually what actually works it, it, and if, if that's what you want and and I know you know I see drumming has kind of gone some some really interesting changes now and you know with the with, with the integration of, of of social media and 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 it, the internet and, and drummers are kind of doing things with technically with the drums that are just extraordinary extraordinary you know um but you know you you always for me uh, have to find if, if you you really are going to get that satisfaction you have to find a musical setting for it you know it, because yeah. otherwise it, it has a very limited um a, a limited lifespan uh, you know the 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 kind of the virtuoso drummer on their own you know it's a quite a, it's quite a lonely field to be in yeah yeah no you're absolutely right it's 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 a it's a message i think we've all known and and been trying to sort of send for a long time, but I think now more than ever, it's important. And I think it, it kind of resonates because mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we, I think all of us get into playing drums to play. I think, I mean, to, to play music, to play yeah. with other people. And um, I know that's, you know, and, and girls, of course, too. That's the, <laughs> or boys, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter these days, <laughs> but right. no, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, I, I think so. And, uh, but I, I mean, I do, I do, you do see a, um, you, you know, I, I've seen a, quite a lot of uh, like the online thing as which we've been pushed into, but we, which was coming anyway. Um, some drummers, some uh, some musicians, some education. It kind of works online. It you know, it, it's not for me. Uh, it's limited, but um, f for some, it's really uh, you know, it, it, it it's going to be part of the whole the whole thing. And and um, I think that you can get into it and as long as you're getting something positive from it then great i mean you know but don't expect um it's going to be very hard to uh to 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 make um you know 
a, a what a substantial living if you you're not able to kind of deliver the goods to play with other musicians you know that yeah. you know it, it's it's a lone it's going to be a lonely path you know yeah um yeah. but but you know it, it it's it's all part of life's rich rich tapestry and 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 i try to um I just don't get overwhelmed with things that I, I I'm not into anymore. I just don't get wound up by it. I, you know, we all get a bit bothered by things, but what's the point? I, I, what what somebody else thinks of me is is irrelevant. It's, it's what I think, and and you know, and I I think anybody that that picks up a pair of sticks and gets something from it, um, great. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the, at the end of the day, that is really the, you know, I. Yeah, especially if it's if it's the first time they're picking up the sticks too. I mean, that's that's the other thing too. Is you know we want to see more people playing instruments and not yeah. moving away from music and 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 like that. But I just a couple of a couple other things I just wanted to mention. We and I think it 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 segues into what we've just been talking about. Is um, you and I were in, last week when I had Steve Gorman on and and we were talking back and forth and. And going back to 2001, when you were yeah. out with Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, great. That was 20 years ago. And, and that, that to me, yeah, I know, I know. But that was a great example of, wow. of playing, you know, in a, in a pop situation, um, making it feel really good, playing great parts. Um, and I know there's, you know, there's a, 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 a connection to the original drummer that, that played yeah. those parts. Um, but then if I remember correctly, and I meant to ask you this last week, but I, I figured I'd ask you today at the end of the set. Do I remember you guys did a cover of I am the walrus? We did. Um, we, we played and I did solo? a drum solo. I did. I, yeah. I got to, I got to do a drum solo. And when, cause also on that tour, the tour of brotherly love, we had um, the, the uh, space hog with Johnny Craig, who I, I saw yeah. his name just pop up. Hi Johnny. And, and so obviously it was um, the, the two brothers in space hog, the, the, the Robinson brothers, and obviously the Gallagher's, you know, and yeah. I, I actually had the best time on tour probably ever on that tour. I I, I had a ball and I, I, I think that the, 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 the weather wasn't great for sort of sheds and outdoor stuff, but we had a great trip because it was, it was two months nearly um, being yeah. away. Uh, it, 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 and, you know, I got to know Steve really, really well. And I got to know Chris and Rich really, really well. And I know that they, they the, a lot of water has gone under the bridge, but it was a fabulous tour to do. It was because I was like the, the interloper. I, I'd kind of came in, <laughs> I'd had literally an afternoon's worth of rehearsal. Um, I, I, I still had a few crap, you know, um, cheat sheets to, to, to look at when we got to, to Vegas and I had one rehearsal in the afternoon and then, um, a, a sound check at the hard rock in Vegas. And, and I did it. And, and the only note I got from Noel was that rock and roll star was too fast. Just slow it down. And I never, ever got told anything else. It was just, do it you know and yeah and 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 i so the pressure was off and i just had the best time on that tour and and at the end they, they were like yeah it's it's kind of like go for it just on i am the warrus so it was like a big kind of and and it was an amazing experience um because we did two nights at radio city music hall which are obviously such an iconic venue for 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 drummers you know for, for all the going back to the 30s and and um all the, the Gladstone, Billy Gladstone and, and all those kind of drummers that kind of came up and, and Krupa and, and, yeah. and, and Buddy. And, and I was, I had, I was using radio Kings at the time. I've got one here, but I was using radio Kings, um, which are my, I love Slingerland radio Kings. 
And I actually did the drum solo and Noel just said like, yeah, all them drummers you go on there, they all played it, didn't they? And I was like, yeah, they did. He went, just really go for it tonight. Just go for it. And they were, they, they were kind of like the feedback was happening and, you know, he was <laughs> getting the feedback off the amp and I was, it, it was really psychedelic and out there. And just at the end of the, the song, um, I, I don't know why, but as I came off the, 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 um, the, 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 the drum riser, I lifted up the snare drum. And I put it on the center, just put it down on the center of the stage because I just wanted to say a cheesy thank you to all oh. of those great drummers, this lovely old Radio King that I had, I still have. Um, yeah, and, and I found some footage of it on a, on a camera like that, that I'd given to one of the crew, and I've got it, I've got it on film, film. So oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. Gonna, yeah, so I, I I I loved it, and 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 Steve, you know, you know, I can't tell you what a great time Steve's. I I thought he for me he's kind of like the 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 Al Jackson Jr. personified. It, it, it that's yeah. what he gives to me. Every beat has got muscularity. Chad Smith's like that to me. I love those. You know, they yeah. they're pow yeah. they're powerful, but they don't overhit you know and which is exactly from everybody that i've ever spoke to that spent any time very close to john bonham said that the 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 perception that he beat the crap out of the drums is wrong he just right. played very very powerfully and and that's what i feel when i you know i listen to steve and i listen to chad those guys you know it, it's just yeah. brilliant it was wonderful i agree and i'm just gonna and and i've looked at enough footage of of bonham and you can see that he wasn't playing the drums lightly, but like you say, he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't bashing them. Smashing he just, them no. Yeah. He had a way of, of bringing the sound out. He, yeah. he was hitting them. Um, and, you know, Steve reminds me a lot of Rick Murata and the, and the sort of this natural, um, you know, un you know, untrained sort of, but really organic natural ability yeah. of, of great groove, great pocket, like you say, you know, and, and Chad, like you say too, has that same thing. And Chad's got a little more, Steve White in him, I think maybe in terms of just his actual chops, you know, but, yeah. but, um, but they both, they're soulful, soulful drummers, you know, they've got, drummers, they've yeah. got soul, you know, they really have. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, 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 that's what I kind of, that, that's what turns me on. You know, I, I love that. And so and Charlie, Charlie Watts, he's got, he's got that kind of swagger yeah. and feel. And, and that's, you know, if you could bottle that or teach that, then you would have the most successful drum school in the world. <laughs> I know, but it's I, impossible. Know, I know, I know. I remember that night we went to see Charlie at Ronnie Scott's, and we'd had dinner with at the Indian restaurant next door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that place, and uh, and Andy Newmark was with us, and Peter yeah. Erskine, and we had yeah. a great group, and and Mark Mondesi, Mark Mondesi, and, yeah, 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 and Tina, Bob yeah. and Tina, yeah. And and I remember when we went Brilliant. back and saw Charlie when he saw you. You know, he you guys know each other. He was happy to see you, and he I think he said something like. My regards to your brother. Or yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Always and, remember. And, well, that, when when the, when Oasis were were touring at one point, I think it was maybe ninety eight, ninety nine. They were kind of shadowing the Stones around. So, and and Alan would get the call um, to go up and have tea with Charlie. And and I think <laughs> at that point, Charlie was was carrying a record player around with him. So he he would have his uh, have his like Coltrane albums and and his his jazz stuff that he was listening to. Um, 
and Alan would go up and have tea. And and I just was like, God, that's just incredible. It's like it was such a an amazing, um, an amazing, you know, for, for both of us, it was an absolutely amazing time to to be doing what we were doing, um, you know, as brothers, um, you know, for, for, for the. Uh, the the focus that I got uh, and and from from not only doing the style council when it was kind of doing that and I was trying to be better and get better and better and better and then obviously when Paul went solo and I stepped back to become a a side man you know I wasn't in the mm. band and that suited me down to the ground but at that point I think a lot of things really came together as a player and obviously the songs so that palette of being able to play on songs like Sunflower and Changing Man and all these great great songs for drummers. And that is that, you know, that's that there's a little bit of the universe coming for you because you can be the best drummer in the world. But if you ain't got the if you ain't got the platform, you know, right. if you ain't got the tunes, if you ain't got the tunes, no one's ever going to know. It, it doesn't matter. But, you you know, it's your it, it's your contribution that really kind of shapes how people know you. And, and you know, to, to, to actually um, to, to actually go you know talk about drums in, in terms of like just some a technical ability is leaving out such a massive part of what it means to be a great musician yeah yeah absolutely and and you know it's it's there's there's so many see, sort of life sorry go ahead steve no i was just going to say i was going to see to jeremy bye catch you catch you soon we're going to yeah, catch yeah. up for a beer soon <laughs> I'm going to try to jump on later if he's still on with uh, with Russ. I'm going to try to catch a little bit of Jeremy later on. And and um, but I was just going to say, you know, it, it's it's there's so many of these like, you know, life lessons that that we you you can take from these situations too. You know, it's um, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I I didn't realize that when you played. I, I remember I remember when you played Live Aid in 1985. Yeah, and you were 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's 20, 20, just, yeah, just, 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 just turned 20. So, um, yeah, that was uh, a, a quite, quite an experience. I think it, it, it's kind of transpired that I think I was the youngest musician to, to uh, take part in the event, um, you know, and that's, that, that's incredible because I, I, we, we were going on holiday a couple of years ago and they had an edited version of the Queen movie and my boys were kind of watching it because they'd taken all the, the naughty bits out and, it, it, they were absolutely fascinated by the live aid sequence, you know, and, and Sally, my wife, their mum said, turned around and said, um, you know, daddy was at that concert. And they were like, we should the concert daddy. And it's like, yeah, what were you doing? I was playing. And, and when we, uh, when we got to, and, and I've just seen Steve Sedonik pop up, who was by my side at, uh, at, at live aid. Um, and we, you know, we we had to had to go get to the hotel, and I had to get onto the internet, and I had to show them that I was actually on Live Aid with some incredibly tight shorts. Um, <laughs> which, I've just seen that Steve, my my dear friend Steve Sedelnik, who again I've known for forty years, has popped up. Oh, love Steve, and, yeah. And we what we did when as the, as this kind of event began to, it was a very slow start to get Live Aid off the ground. And um, bearing in mind there's there was no social media, it was all you know word of yeah. mouth and. Paul got a call at, at studio from Sir Bob asking if um, the Style Council would be interested because he was having trouble getting bands motivated to come and do the whole uh, feed the world thing and 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 I I remember that you know he said so if the concert happens the Style Council can go on first because you're one of the first bands to say you know um, to to say yes 
So as it kind of started to build, which you could start to, you know, before before the concert, you could start to feel the build of anticipation. Steve and I were like, um, God, this is like, this is a great opportunity. So we wrote, actually wrote a letter to Nike and just said, dear Nike, um, we are pl- taking part in the upcoming Live Aid concert. Um, can we have some gear to wear think you know like kids like thinking what yeah (laughs) and we were doing the rehearsals for live aid at nomi studios and one of the road crew came in and said steve whitey come out and i went out to the into the front of the the reception area and addressed to me and steve and steve will justify this there were 12 mailbags full of nike gear trainers trainers shirts tees so that's why steve and i were wearing nike at uh, live aid and that i think we were maybe possibly for really pushing the envelope of endorsements <laughs> clothing endorsements at that point so yeah very tight oh, nike, nike shorts that's a great little bit of info that's yeah. that's fantastic yeah oh. mental well, our friend Steve Gorman, I just happened to yep. see this comment from our friend Steve Gorman. He said, Steve put me in a great headspace to play every night on that tour, always inspired by watching the man do what he does. Yeah. Amen, Steve. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Steve. Yeah. I, I was saying to Steve Gorman last week, I remember that, um, you know, and I, and I hope Steve Gorman, I know he'll take this the way it's meant because we talked about this, but oftentimes I'd see him on the road. I saw the Black Crows many, many times, and sometimes... Mm-hmm he wouldn't be the happiest camper. He'd be, I think, happy yeah. to see me because we're good yeah. friends. And, but you know, there was things going on internally that I know he was dealing with, but, mm-hmm. but he was in a great, I remember he was a really in a great place during that time as well. And it was happy. It was just a happy time to see everybody. Yeah. Uh, there was, it, it's really interesting because there was very little ego going on, on that tour or for what I could see. And, and, and I, I remember um, we all got invited out to, um, uh, to Chris Robinson's house. And we, we, you know, we got to drink some nice wine cause he had a, a wine cellar and, um, and that, you know, you know, it, it, and, and the, and the brothers were great. They were fabulous. You know, uh, yeah. Noel and Liam on that tour, they were absolutely fabulous. And, I was saying to uh, to I was talking to to Sally, my wife, about it last night, and and saying about when we we played in, um, uh, it, it, I think we did the Hollywood Bowl. It was quite early on in the tour, and I think um, Taylor came down. Taylor Hawkins came down, and and he brought a snare drum for Alan, a, a, a Tama snare drum. He said, "I heard Alan can't do the tour, so I brought him a snare drum." And I, I hope Alan still got it. So I, I, I packed oh. that away for him and 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 brought it home. And Taylor was there, and and Chad was. There there and and uh slash was there and and live tyler was there and it was like it was just crazy but i was yeah. thinking well, it's not my band i can have you know i can have fun with that you just enjoy this and and i remember chad pulling up outside um i think he was driving a harley at the time and and as, as i think he had a helmet on then you couldn't really see his face and security were like nobody you can't you can't oh chad man you know and they just, they, they, let, they just let him park right outside and left his bike there of <laughs> yeah, course so, yeah yeah rock and roll royalty <laughs> oh that's too funny yeah. yeah well you know it's and steve said a similar thing when he when he uh kind of when he played with the stereophonics that it was that that idea of just like it's it's not my band so i can really yeah. relax and just have a good time doing this you know yeah well as, as as i said to steve i mean i i saw the 
the phonics play at Earl's Court, and I've seen the phonics play a lot over the years. And and I'm, 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 I'm uh, Jamie. Um, he, he, I've known Jamie since he was fourteen. There, Jamie Morrison, their current drummer, who he's a lovely, lovely guy. And um, I, I knew uh, Stuart Cable really, really well. And mm. and obviously, but I, I have to say that I've never heard the band sound better than when Steve was playing with them. It just, you know, and I understand all the reasons why it never went on, but it it really they they just gave him the the the, the weight the weight that 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 they needed yeah. you know yeah that's cool that's and and so so you started playing so you started playing in style council the style council at 17 17 yeah 17 and uh, and that sort of went on and then from there you were playing with when that when the band ended with Paul Weller yeah sort of off and on yeah and then you get a call to sub for Zach Starkey with the Who. Yeah, that was uh, that age. was a strange one because you know obviously Zach was playing with Oasis, and and Zach had replaced Alan in Oasis, so it was all a bit yeah. it was all a bit weird. And my friend Angie Jenkinson um, just called me. She worked for Teenage Cancer Trust, who we'd done some some stuff for, and you know, but I they just just said, look, it's not guaranteed, but they think that the Who are going to do Live Aid, um, Live Aid um do you do you and damon want you know would you be able to do it and we were like well yeah okay and we didn't really hear anything else about it for for weeks yeah. it just is it you know i'm speaking to damon is it happening or is, is it not happening and and then we'd got a communication to say can you learn these five tunes you know they they gave us a list of tunes that we were required to learn so we so we learned them and then we got a call um that we were going to go to bray this was the day before um bray is whether they, they rehearsed in a massive kind of barn and we w- we went down and the gear was all set up um i had my drum tech there and we went in and roger was there we chatted with roger for a bit um pete turned up we played won't get fooled won't get fooled again and who are you um and then pete left and that was it it was like literally <laughs> So me and Damon were like, is, is this, is this happening? Or, you know, is this actually going, going ahead? And um, it, it, that was it. He, he just, I, I don't know what was going on. You know, I, I never try to pry too much into to the chemistry because I was, you know, I was just going in to, to because it, it was uh, at the request of my friend, Angie. Um, and so we only played the songs once um, on the, the day before. And then I was given a, a set of in-ear monitors, which in 15 years ago were pretty awful. Um, I wanted to use cans, you know, like like Keith and gaffer them around my head, but they wouldn't yeah. let me. Um, and <laughs> you know, so so my my kind of engagement and 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 my time with the Who was probably minutes. You know, in in my career, it was minutes, and and yeah. and, and and you know, and the event happened, and I remember saying to Sally because Sally came along, and we we were like um, stood backstage, and I was trying to find her, um, and on, on all, all I could hear was comfortably numb playing out across Hyde Park, you know, with Nick Nick Mason and, and Floyd, and it was just absolutely surreal. And then we we were um, we, we got introduced to Mariah Carey which was brilliant get to meet one of my musical idols and um, we it, it was just surreal we, we stood backstage and yeah, yeah. Pete and Roger had gone uh, they, they left so I'm saying to Damon like what what just happened you know and he's like you know it's done so 
we stayed because everyone had gone um everyone had left all the band had gone we're in the dressing room and, and the guys i i, I I don't think they drink. They don't. They don't drink. Roger, Pete certainly doesn't. So there was a, a fridge full of beer, a, a case of wine, and everyone had gone. So me and Damon and our and Sally and and Damon's uh, partner, we we were in the Who's dressing room till four o'clock in the morning, getting <laughs> absolutely smashed, and we got our, we got asked to leave. We got asked to leave the park by the park keepers. You know? oh, so, could could you go? You know, hey, brilliant. So you know, it, as I say, my my kind of you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I I I love to say that I, you know, it was an honour to play with to play with the Who, but I don't put that down on as a as a you know part of my career because essentially yeah. I sat in, I sat in for I sat in for two numbers and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I never heard that backstory. I, I oh that, man that's hilarious. Yeah it was great um, and as I say I you know I I genuinely am uh, you know it, it was a real sort of honor to get uh, to meet we met Snoop Dogg and and Steve Sedelnik was there again because he was playing with Madonna and we met Snoop Dogg and and and, and Mariah Carey and and Nick Mason was there and the Floyd were there. It was just you just kind of like a kid again just going like what am i doing here you know it's like <laughs> imposter syndrome what am, I, what am i what am i doing here and oh, and i think i think that it was interesting because you know on the monday um there was a a really lovely kind of summary of the of the um uh, of the, the 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 whole kind of uh concert and it seemed that the, the the general consensus was that the old guys stole the show kind of thing you know and and floyd and and the who's performance and and bill uh, kirbishley um who i know and and because obviously alan kirbishley was chelton's manager at the time my, my football team um and bill was really like you know uh, he said to, he was he was really complimentary and he said look you know i'd like to see if if it things don't happen with with Zach and he, he stays out with Oasis. We we can't get him back. You know, would you and you know would you and Damon be up for doing it? He said, I, I like what you bring. He said it sounds a bit raw, and 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 that was that was a lovely compliment from Bill. Um, yeah. And 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 I got a lovely letter um, from which is up on the wall over there from from Pete and Roger. Um, just saying thank you for 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 being part of it. So I have a little memento and then. I've got my little my 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 letter from Sir Paul here that um for pay, taking part in in the 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 war child thing you know congratulations on the success of the help album thanks for the vibes on the drums and your excellent jamming Paul that's good oh that's, uh, man are you kidding that's that's <laughs> amazing wow yeah so uh, yeah so uh, you know I, and like I say I I I, I you know I I feel so in my time you know I, I've actually put and I don't like I said I don't put them on my as I know some drummers will literally be in the same room as somebody and, and that's on their their CV you know but I, yeah. I can never I, ne I never do that but in my sort of time um with being on stage with John Lord um being on stage with Jimmy Page being on stage with Pete and Roger um, performing in studio with Paul McCartney, um, you, you know, Ray Davis actually getting to play with Ray Davis and the stereophonics and uh, Oasis. And these are all things I don't put on the, the CV because I, I don't feel it's appropriate, you know, because I'm not their drummer. I was, you know, a part of a charity thing, but the, the fact is, is that I did get to play with all of these people and that's just amazing. 
That's great. And that's, that's, you're a humble man, Steve. That's. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I, I think I don't, I don't just, I just don't, I find it kind of embarrassing, you know, to, to be, I know, you know, and it does seem to be for some people that, that you, you don't seem to have any kind of shame button, you know, and, and we'll just literally yeah. say anything, do anything. It's just not my, it's just not my style. Good man. I know that if I had had all those gigs, I'd, I'd be, you know, they'd be all over my Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as I say, I, I just can't do it. And I mean, Sally gets really, you know, if we go anywhere and um, you, you, I, I introduce, introduce myself. To, so what do you do? And I just say, I'm a, I'm a teacher, you know, a music teacher. And, and and that kind of is enough to turn anybody, turn anybody off because I just find it really hard sort of saying, Oh, well, I've done this and I've done that. Yeah. And I, I just kind of, and you know, in, invariably someone will come up at the end of the evening and go, I didn't know that you did that. Or this is, you know, you played on this or you played on that and and that's um you know that's a, a kind of nicer way to be i think I, I think so too and that that's that's great you're you're a, a top chap all the way through <laughs> no doubt try I, to um, be try to be <laughs> yeah no absolutely i am um, you know i just it, it just all these random thoughts are going through my head i i, I i'm going to just jump back to another funny story that we were a situation we were in together. And I, I think you might remember this. It was after one of the Zildjian dues, one of the uh, early artist sessions in the early two thousands. And I think it was at John Henry's yeah. and a handful of us went out to dinner. Um, yourself, me, Bob, Tina, I think Rab Zildjian yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Andy Gangadine too, yeah, I think. Yeah. And we went to an, a vegetarian <clears throat> Indian restaurant. That's right. Yeah. And Andy's van, that, that giant, <laughs> box fan that he had and i remember him parking it on this street like thinking it was going to get towed away or something but you know it was anyway i just i i have these and and the the restaurant didn't serve we all wanted a glass of wine and it was yeah. a, a dry restaurant yeah, so yeah. i think rab zildjian went next door and, and or maybe a few of us and bought like many bottles of wine <laughs> Too many bottles of wine. <laughs> Too many bottles of wine. And I just remember Andy. Andy was, oh, yeah. I, I don't think Andy drank. And I think he he drove us all back. At the, I remember going in the back the of his van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Westminster Bridge at like yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. And I think I, I think you said I think you said to me, hey Steve, this is this must what it this must what it be like to be kidnapped. <laughs> 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 in the back of Andy's van, like, oh, where yeah, are we go? I know, you know, I know. And he drove us home. It was brilliant. Uh, you know, uh, it's there's such a, a you know that, that kind of really rich kind of um, vein of, of of players that were you know around from when I was a, 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 a 17, 18 year old, and 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 intermittently. And I mean, obviously, London has played such an incredible part of my musical life. I'm a Londoner. I love London. I don't I don't ever want to live in any other city. Um, it's it, and at the time, you know, musically in the eighties, um, as well as doing the Style Council, you know, th there was so much vibrancy to the the whole scene. Just uh, just on the um, the the point when that kind of movement of acid jazz came in, and and mm. you know, you could go to Dingwalls or or the Hundred Club or Ronnie's or um, or the the Wag Club, and you would see. Um, you know Neil Wilkinson, and you would see Andy, Andy, Andy Gangadine, and you would see Jeremy, and you'd see um, uh, uh, like Gavin Harrison, and and these were all mm. my kind of contemporaries, slightly older, and 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 you know, hi guys, how's it going? Uh, you know, what a rich kind of vein of players, and Mark Mondesi. I remember the first time seeing Mark Mondesi with Courtney Pine, and just going, 
what? <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> How'd you do that? You know, and we became really good friends, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the strange thing. It, you know, it, it's gone 40, 40 years later and it's so good to see so many of those um, drummers are, are still so, you know, and Jeff Dugmore is, is a, another friend of mine from years back. And um, it, it's just so good to see them all still out there doing it. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, and so, and you mentioned earlier before we were actually on the air, you mentioned you're, you're going to go back to teaching. Is it next week? Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So. And how long I, has it been that you've been, has it been since last year that. Uh, yes. Um, I, I was able, cause I teach at Trinity Laban, which um, I, ha- I have um, the, the percussion department only has 15 students and um they're all really, really good players. Uh, you know, they're 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 a very uh, a wonderful bunch. Um, and my my uh, my drum room overlooks the River Thames at Greenwich um, in Royal Naval College. And if anybody doesn't know it, Google the Royal Naval College. It's a Grade One listed building, so it's mm. incredibly prestigious and very very historical. And I love it. It's not um, you know everyone has a, a very personalised um, uh, personalised education program. So we work on their individual program because there's so few few of them so some might be wanting to work on latin some might be wanting to work on jazz independence and i i kind of supervise it all and that's as much as i really like to do i was able to to teach up until i was told i can't teach uh, which was in december so everybody was taught one-to-one um from the, the start of t- last year's term until i was told i can't do it and now i'm going back in to uh, to start teaching again on tuesday um because i think you know i've got the op- I, I just i just would rather be there um we've got kits um that are 12 feet apart we have a a large window with the breeze coming in from the thames we'll we'll do the social distancing stuff that we need to do yeah. and you know i want to get back into in, into face to face and you know i think that the young have really really missed out a lot this year the you know the youngsters of of, of all types have really missed out a lot and and the one thing that um you know, as a teacher that I, I feel obligated to do if it's safe and appropriate to do so is to get back and do it. So I'll be having my test tomorrow after Sunday mm. lunch and you stick the thing up your nose and well, stick it up your nose and in your, in your mouth. No, or it's the other way around. You don't do it like that. <laughs> it's in your mouth and then up your nose. <laughs> and then you, and you kind of wait, you know, and it comes up, you're either pregnant or not, but um, it's, uh, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's really simple and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward and there's loads of stuff going on at the moment because um i've got a new single coming out uh tomorrow with my the band that i'm in hagen white and um you know i've been doing some great stuff with a, a new uh play along app with, with um my friends uh, uh rich wilson and mike heaton it's called Drumhead, and so that's happening and then i'm doing uh the music for a, a tv series and um and, and i'm also doing a bit of like consultancy work for a, a new uh super venue that's opened in Newbury and sort of what helping those guys. And, and so I think the, the key is, is having to think about diversification as you, as you get older in the business and for any young musician now, because of, you know, the way it's kind of changed, um, having a few, a few strings to your bow is not a bad idea really. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so that's what I'm doing. So I've, I've, I've kind of been really, really busy and, I, and the book came out. Unfortunately, I, the book that I co-wrote with Russ Tarley that Rob Wallace is kindly giving a copy of away of yeah, tonight, wanted, the art yeah. of drumming um, that, that came out 
on the day that we went into lockdown last year. So that wasn't, <laughs> but um, we've got, it's still got legs with, with, with that to, to really try and push that when we, when we can. And so it's great. Uh, you know, I feel I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about what's, um, what's to come uh, musically and, and um, just really still enjoying it as much as I possibly can. That's great. And, 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 and to your point, it's, it, it it'll be different though. I mean, when yeah. you, you think it'll be, yeah. Well, it was gonna. Be, it was going. It was going the way of being different before John, and 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 you know, and I mean, for me, the one reason that you get into into music and and take music into your music take comes into your life is because you love it. Um, because you know, John Lord sort of pointed this out to me and said that you know most people that pick up a, a an instrument globally never become what would be termed a professional musician that doesn't happen you know if if you're in africa or india or or china or, you know all over the world you play because you love playing and and some of the people that for me that tend to enjoy music most are not doing it professionally. They do it because they love it and it's a release to their day job. And, you know, they might be doctors or firemen, but they, they get up on the weekend and have a black play and absolutely love it. So, you know, it, it, it's this kind of idea that you, you, you are a professional musician and you can only make, make your living by just playing music. I think that we have to be a little less hard on ourselves about that because it's very difficult because at the end of the day, I mean, I've got a rec a, a, a disc here that I've got my hand on and that basically 250,000 sales of a single that came out in 1983 on the first day, um, the first week that this long, hot summer was out, it had sold uh, over 230,000 copies. And, and you know, that's physical sales. Uh, so if it was a pound a single, that record made a quarter of a million quid in one week, which enables a lot of gravy to be given to everybody that, you know, yeah. I can be well paid and the sound guy can be well paid and the, the merchandise people can be well paid and, and the we can have catering and, and we can have hotels where we don't have to share because you can spread the gravy around. Now you, 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 you would have to probably stream. I think Paul, even Paul Weller that spoke to me a, a couple of months ago and, and just said about that, um, you know, do you know how many, how much money you get for a million streams? And I said, well, I don't think it's very much. And he, and he obviously he knew because it was yeah. about four thousand pounds, you know, for a million streams, four thousand pounds. So clearly, we're all having, we, you know, we're we're all having to accept that streaming has had a massive impact on on yeah. on the industry because because if 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 the songwriters, you know, are not making that gravy at the top you know, cause it goes back into the pot. Yes. They'll make their money and buy their big house and their, their Ferrari or whatever, but a certain amount of that goes back in to pay for everything else. And, you know, and if, if they're not making any money, you know, if, if the lifeblood of the industry, which is music songs has been devalued so much um, that it's not going to be able to be spread down, down the line, then it's just a simple economic fact that we're going to have to change. It's that yeah. simple. It's not, you know, I think a lot of my younger students, uh, uh, they, they, they're, they're on the shore after the tsunami's gone now. The, the tsunami's gone. It, it's, it's musicians of, of my age and maybe a bit younger and the ones that were, you know, still thinking that things are the same as they were in the 80s and the 90s. They're just not. And that's, it, it's yeah. not, it's not 
it's not bad you know it's just change and you have to adapt and accept so you know and i saw that coming you know with, with the streaming thing i saw that coming eight nine years ago and thought this th- there is a need to be a little bit more versatile and, and uh, in, in the coming years yeah yeah i, I remember sitting us when i came over um after I'd announced I was leaving Zildjian, this was the end of 2012. Kelly and I came over for a trip just to sort of before Christmas time. And, um, and we went to dinner at that restaurant. Tina threw like a little surprise party with you and, and, uh, and Andy Gangadine and Andy Newmark and, and uh, Steve Barney, I think was there. Yeah, and same old faces, same old faces. Mark <laughs> Pusey, I think was their yard. Yeah. And, um, and I remember we sat next to each other and, and you said to me, you said, I get it, man. I, I just said, I, yeah, Steve, I think it's time for me to, you know, hang it up. I'm just, I'm, it's changing and I'm not really into these changes. And, you know, we got into this really philosophical yeah. thing as yeah. wine will do, you know, and yeah, always, and, and, yeah, always. And you said, I get it, man. I get it. I, I I've seen this coming and, I totally get it. And, and, uh, and, and bravo to you for, you know, you've, you've, um, you've changed with it and you've figured it out and you're now going in another direction. And that's great. That's mm. fantastic. You, you've got to keep on your toes. You've got to keep, you've got to keep fresh. And, you know, and, and I mean, I left Paul 13 years ago now and, and as, as, a, you know, I was with him for 25 years and it just felt like the right time to go. And, and you, you can't deny those you know feelings because we're in the creative industry and and if your creativity gets starts to feel less energized and and you know you start to feel um that you're going through the motions then the the first people that notice that are the fans they will know yeah, yeah. so that was all that was a you know and and, all, and also i i think that you know being kind of more a home-based a london-based drummer um, with the, with the constraints on traveling, which are so hard now, traveling is not. A, when I first started to to travel, it's probably the same for you. Going to the airport, getting on the plane was exciting. It was yeah. fun. It was something to look forward to, and it's not now. You know, unless you're really really lucky to be able to go first all the time, which in the music business doesn't happen unless you're yeah. really yeah. you know really up there. So that becomes hard. That became harder, and I found that I was kind of spending a lot of time. Um, a lot of time burning time waiting for a gig or uh, and, and i felt that this you know there's got to be a way to to maximize my my interaction with music by being more studio based by having a studio uh, by starting to get more into writing um i'm going to be doing more music than than i am doing as if i was just a, a touring you know and i know some people love the life on the road they love it they adore it um it was always kind of a you know something that i i kind of made the best of let's let's be honest and some tours yeah. were better than others but for me um creating music is the thing releasing new music and playing on new music is is absolutely uh the thing that i i, I really really love to do and and keep and keep that's the thing that excites me that's great and and you're a natural teacher too right? you know and, and I, I know that as well that that's that's something i i know you really have a real genuine enthusiasm about yeah. like just giving it back and and uh... I, I i think teaching is something that you know um 
I've really, I've always really, really enjoyed. And and I don't think that, you know, in some ways, if you can impart and encourage um, a, a young person to, 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 to acquire um, the skills that you need to uh, to succeed, and it's not it's not just about drumming. It, it's about life skills. It's about uh, encouraging. Uh, and I've I've done a lot of that with with my Trinity students this year. Well, sometimes we've come onto we've we've come onto Zoom, and and I'm just asking them how they are, how you're doing, what's going yeah. on, are you okay, you know. Um, and teaching people life skills, teaching people how to, 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 uh, you know, to, to manage what the opportunities and recognize what the opportunities are, and, you know, talking to them about putting the, the taxes away and things like that. And, yeah. and I, and I, I think that's sort of a, a role that I've really, really enjoyed as a, as a mentor. And, and I've been very comfortable with my, my journey becoming an older, you know, I was always the youngest and now I'm kind of usually the oldest and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think if you're dedicated to it, um, you, you know, and you don't necessarily have to be flying around the, the the drums to be a great music teacher or a great teacher. You know, I always sort of think about the analogy that all of the greatest um, boxing trainers for the, the the biggest heavyweights were all little guys that, you know, just little old guys, but they knew how to get the best out of their fighters. And I kind of apply that to my tuition. I want, I want to impart enthusiasm. I want to impart reason. I want to impart, um, you know, the techniques to learn. Uh, focus, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. being confident, and then you know we'll do all the rest of the stuff on the practice pad. So now that's yeah. that's yeah. I was going to say that's great, and and the business side, as you say too, like the, the the bit about like making sure you put money away to pay your taxes and the things that probably a lot of people, certainly young players, don't think about. Musicians no. probably don't think about, and well, they yeah, don't have I, to worry about that anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I just I want to just for all our friends in the UK, I'm wearing this shirt my daughter gave me um, for Christmas a couple of years ago. And it says Keith Moon's drum shop. Right. Is that what it says? It's there, Keith it's, Moon's drum shop. Yeah. Which is, of course. Shop. Yeah. yeah t- right. There's no such thing, but um, it's a cool little homage to our to to, to keith moon and to and, keith uh, there used to be bob henrich's drum shop the great bob henrich used to have a an amazing drum shop on wardour street uh, that that us kids would all go and li- like just wander around picking up brochures and and looking gazing long- longingly at um pictures of billy cobham uh, on tama adverts i just see kenny aronoff's pops up hi kenny it's like oh great, kenny. great to hear yeah so um yeah, so so that was that was always a, a pleasure going to see uh, going into the, the the good old fashioned drum shop. I see you've opened the uh, the, the the Boston branch of of Steve Maxwell's drums there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving Steve a run for his money. Yeah, here, you sure are. <laughs> that looks that is the coolest. That really does look great, John. With all that beautiful Gretsch stuff, it looks amazing. Oh. oh, thanks, buddy. Thank you. I want to wish Kenny a belated happy birthday, Kenny. I yeah. It was Kenny's birthday on the 8th, I think, this past week. And I usually text him or and I forgot. So, Kenny, happy birthday. Um, I was thinking about you. I should have reached out anyway. So I think we're all going to be having double celebrations when we get out because we've all missed a birthday. We've all done the lockdown birthdays right. and things. So I think yeah. we're all going to have like a, a, a massive party, <laughs> just all the amounts of parties that are going to be going on. Absolutely. You missed a milestone last May. I missed a milestone in December. And yeah, we're going to we're, we're going to have redos. Everybody's yeah. going to have a redo birthday. Absolutely. But, 
But this has been fantastic, Steve. Thank you so much Great for fun. doing is any anything else you want to um impart on our, our friends out there? Uh, is there? You know, just to, to just don't ever lose sight of why you do it. it you know, if, if it gets if it gets tough, I'm I'm, I'm my thing for is that you know when the when the, the pressures of it are um, uh, you know, over, a little overwhelming. I try to go back and and try to discover that inner kid that um, first listened to "Love Me Do" and 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 listened to uh, you, you know uh, good vibrations, and then discovered uh, Buddy and and Louie and and you know and and I try to reconnect with those um, uh, absolutely um, sort of basic fe- feelings of why I got into it in the first place, and 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 that's you know never let the business get in the way of your love for music. Oh, that's great. That's, there's no better advice than that. And and I'm so glad I just noticed before we finished here that our dear friend, Tina Clark, I've just, just seen put, Tina pop up. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Tina. Well, and so everybody watching at home, full disclosure, I tried, tried as I may, I tried to get Tina to join us, but she's, if you know, Tina, you know, she's very humble and, and doesn't seek the spotlight. I've, I've, was hoping to draw her in just as a surprise, Steve, actually, I w- yeah. what I was going to do was say that we'd been hacked. Yes. And, and, and Louise has just turned up as well. Louise King. Oh, Louise King. Oh, yeah. good to see you, Louise. Oh man. And we've got um, something super exciting on, on the boil, which I can't tell you about, but um, oh, it, it's okay. so, and rhythm is back and it's looking absolutely gorgeous. It really, I don't know if you've seen any recent issues and I, um, I have not, but I need to look back. It looks gorgeous. She's done a beautiful, beautiful job. Oh, great. Well, that's congratulations, Louise. I'm so happy to hear that. Always love Rhythm Magazine. Um, always one of my favorites. And and Louise has always been one of my favorites. We I had many a fun hang with her out in Los Angeles and, and I think in London, but we had a great dinner with our friend Vinny maybe 20 years ago out there when she happened to be out when I was out there. I think with another time with Chad Smith, too. Um, but Tina, I'm glad you jumped on for a second, um, or maybe you've been watching, but uh, let's see. Fun interview. Oh, great. Yeah, it's been a great interview. Everybody, a big hand for Tina Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we shall we shall be back out in London very very soon. We have a we have a um, Tina and and Louise and um, a friend of ours Dave Hunt and Al Murray and Steve Sedelnik. Um, we have this uh, unofficial works Christmas party of of the people that don't have a company to go to work go out to uh, and George Frederick. So we all kind of go and we've done it for about se- seven or eight years. And obviously at Christmas we couldn't do it um, yeah. because of lockdown. So. I think we're going to try and do a, um, a, a have a, a reunion dinner once this is all over and go out and eat, eat lots of great sushi. Oh man. That, uh, well, I, I won't, I won't crash the party, but I, it's almost, Please do. if I could fly. Speaking of sushi, do you remember the time at Nobu? Tina will remember this. It was, we, I think we ate every bit of sushi in all of London. We went yeah. to the original Nobu. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, and it's blessed, blessed. Oh. Um, and there's there's another there's a new place on there's a new place on the block that when you come over I'm going to take you for the lunch there it's absolutely fantastic great great I look forward to it this has been so much fun thanks so great. much to you brilliant I'm off to I'm I'm cooking chicken and tarragon for Mother's Day today as a request but from Sally so because uh, Mother's oh. Day and uh, so so right. I'm I'm cooking for the uh, cooking her her favorite meal tonight so. Uh, it's been great. I'd cooked the sauce in between our sound check 